Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast, located in Seattle, Washington. As a church, we are a community striving to be faithfully present to God, self, and others. We hope this is an encouragement to you in your life, no matter where you are. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, Redemption Church. It is good to be with you again. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at Redemption. And this morning, we have the pleasure of continuing our series, Working Through the Covenants. Uh, Alex went a couple weeks ago, looked at the Noahic Covenant and then the Abrahamic Covenant. And this week, we we jump into the Mosaic Covenant. Uh, We look at God uh, lovingly giving rules uh, to his people. we, we have an interesting relationship with rules, I think. And, and part of it might just be the sort of American individualistic sense that we have, this, this independent streak. Uh, rules seem very restrictive. They're, they're almost the antithesis of freedom, at least as we see them. They, they tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, it, it's been interesting. I became a father in 2012, and it's been interesting to approach this as a parent, because um, I think as a kid, you don't necessarily understand all the rules that are being put forward for you or, or, or why mom and dad went that route. But, but I've realized that all of the rules that we've made for our two sons have always come from a place of love. They've, they've always come from a place of trying to show them how life ought to be lived or, or to keep them physically safe. Um, the reason that I make sure they, they go to bed by a certain time and they can't stay up all night is because if they were left to their own devices, they, they would watch their iPads all night. They, uh, they wouldn't go to bed or they would play with their Legos. Um, that wouldn't be good for them. School would be very difficult the next day. Um, or, you know, we live on a, a decently busy street where we have a lot of traffic going through. If I let them run anywhere in the neighborhood at their age... They could get physically hurt. And, and I, I've realized as, as, as I think about the rules that we make for them, none of them are arbitrary. In fact, every one of them is, is, is intentional to love them well as my sons. Um, I was thinking this week too, um, as I was driving to work I, um, on Monday, I, I was, I've been thinking about rules and regulations and the Mosaic Covenant and all of these things, and I'm sitting at a stoplight. Um, the, the route I come, I come down I-5, um, and, and I get off at 50th Street, and I head down towards the, the church offices that are in U District. And I'm waiting at the light, patiently, and I, I see a guy, this is a 25-mile-an-hour zone, I see him barrel through the light in his SUV, um, going super fast. I don't know what he was up to or what he was thinking, um, but he, he ends up careening off and, and partially hanging over I-5 on, on 50th, uh, going over the freeway. And, and it, it occurred to me, and, and I don't know what he was doing. Was he texting? Was he looking at Facebook? Was he just speeding and being reckless? I don't know what he was doing. But the rules came to aid him that morning whether he had ever thought about the city of Seattle permitting office at all, that permitting office loved him Monday morning. And, and they kept him out of Monday morning traffic on I-5, having fallen a couple of stories onto traffic. Um, 
They, they insisted that the structural engineers meet certain standards. They looked over their designs. They set up rules and regulations that were there to care for him, whether he had ever thought about it or not. He was cared for that morning. God is like a good father. He describes himself as a father, and he genuinely cares for the people of Israel. Um, by the time we pick this up, we, we can see numerous stories of God's faithfulness to them. He's, he's been faithful to his covenants to date. He promised Abraham that, that this people would be plentiful, that, that Abraham's offspring would, would be as many as the stars or, or the sand on a beach. Um, and he's been faithful to that. This has grown to a substantial number of folks. Um, to their detriment, they ended up enslaved in Egypt. But I think the great thing about the Mosaic Covenant is he doesn't come to his people and give them the rules while they're still enslaved. He pulls them out of the enslavement and then he gives them the rules as an act of love. So let, let's pick it up really quick. We're, um, we're gonna be in Exodus chapter 19. Um, it's just one chapter before we get the Ten Commandments because um, I, th I think it's worth looking at how, how we land here. So, so let's pick up Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. Um, and let's, let's pick up what, uh, what our Bible has to say here. It says, On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. And there Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. So again, they're, they're out of Egypt. God has been, been taking them through this path. They're, they're, they're on this long commute towards Sinai, towards the promised land um, that God has offered them. And God has continued to be faithful with them. He's provided water out of a rock. He's provided manna from heaven. He's provided shelter for them and direction for them to, to navigate through this wilderness, to, to get where they're at. Um, and now he's called Moses up out of the people to go up to God. And so picking up, uh, picking up in verse 3, so while Moses went up to God, the, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. Remember, he calls back to that. And how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, in other words, he's, it, this is a response to what he's done with them in Egypt. I've, I've pulled you out of slavery. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. And so Moses came out, as verse 7, so Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, I love the enthusiasm here, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people back to the Lord. Um, they're very enthusiastic for whatever God brings to them. They have no idea what's going to be unpacked in these rules. They've never had a God um, give them, you know, give them specific regulations or rules as, as to how to conduct life. But, but God tells them what the effect of it will be. 
that if you follow what I have to say to you, if you follow this covenant and you're obedient to it, um, you'll become a great people. You, you'll, to, to use the Abrahamic covenant language, you'll be a blessing to all the nations, right? Um, that, that this people would so reflect who God is by following his rules, that they would understand something of the justice of God, that they would understand something of the love of God. Um, and they would be so changed by that and so affected by that that anyone that came into contact with them would be, would be affected by it, right? Uh, and would be blessed by it. And they're game. They, they have no idea what the rules are going to be, but they're in. Um, and so what is in the law? What is going to come? Um, the Mosaic Covenant covers a lot. It's, it's 613 commandments, and we see it uh, written out through part of Exodus and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Um, we, we see it laid out for them, and there's all kinds of rules and regulations. Um, it's, it's how you... Um, how you'll eat, how you'll dress, how you'll approach God, um, what your sex life looks like, uh, what marriage looks like, what happens if your ox gores another ox. It's all laid out for them, exactly how they're to live. Um, but it's calling them to a way of being, to a way of life. It, it insists on a Sabbath. It insists on a pattern of doing life. Um, when we get to the New Testament, it's interesting when in uh, in Luke ten, when when Jesus is is uh, about to give the parable of the Good Samaritan, he's talking to this religious lawyer, this guy that that knows the law front and back, and Jesus Jesus asks him the question. He asks him in effect to to summarize the law. How do, how do, what do you see written there? And he goes, two points. It's to love the Lord your God, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus thinks about it and he goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. Go and do exactly that. So he recognizes that this would be a people that, that, are, that are radically changed. And of course, the religious lawyer goes on. He tries to justify who his neighbor is and who it isn't. So he figures out exactly what he has to obey or believe. Um, but but, they, but he, sees, he, he recognizes the weight and the importance of the law and how much it would change people. Um, when you skip over to verse or, or to chapter 24, after hearing the law, you, you, you might think it's like, wow, 613 regulations uh, and, and laws and commandments, uh, would they possibly be just as enthusiastic? And yeah, they were. So if you, if you pick up in Exodus 24, verse 3, it says, Moses came out and told the people all the words of the Lord and all of the rules and all the people answered in one voice and said, all the words that the Lord has said, um, or has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars and according to the 12 tribes, tribes of Israel. And he goes on, and in, in effect, they're signing the covenant. So after seeing all of this, they sign the covenant. The other thing that it does um, that I think is beautiful is is God lets them know what the blessing will be and he lets them know what the curse would be for them. If they're obedient, they'll know, they know exactly what it's going to look like. They see the blessing side of it. But when God's people find themselves in exile, 
um, you know, through the book of Jeremiah, when they're in Babylon, right? When they find them there, they're never wondering. They're never wondering what got them there. They're never wondering why did, you know, why did this people come and overtake us and, um, and, and pull us out of, our, out of our land that God had gifted us? Why did that ever happen? These are not a confused people. One of the things um, that I think is really special about God giving them the, these rules um, is you have to think that every other people group that has ever existed on earth has simply existed on the tradition of their elders, of their ancestors. Um, if you wanted to know why your crop was going well this year or why it didn't go well, are the gods pleased with you or not? Are, are, you, are you getting rain? Are you getting food? Is, is there famine? Is there any, any of the normal circumstances of agrarian life, right? How would you know that God is happy with you or not? Um, they're guessing. They don't know. Because, God, because Yahweh is the only God, and he isn't speaking to them and telling them how they ought to live their lives. They're, they're, they're running wild to, to figure out their own, uh, their own way of life, what works for them. Um, it's not freedom, it's confusion. And so by, by God coming to Moses and coming to the people of Israel and giving them the law, they know exactly where they stand. This is why uh, David um, in Psalm 119 is, is able to say, I, I see your love is or your, your law is beautiful and lovely. Teach me your statutes. And so even though David knew he was a sinner, right? I mean, he had the thing with Bathsheba and, um, you know, with Uriah. Um, David is a, is a well-documented sinner. And yet he sees God's law as beautiful and lovely, because he understands that this is an expression of God's love for him. He, he understands that otherwise he'd be flying blind, but that God has done through bringing his law has given him a better understanding of who God is and is giving him a better understanding of who he is. The Old Testament, just to give a little biblical theology here, is really the account of Israel failing its covenant to God. Um, from here, we, we see them go on through, through different kingdoms and all these different episodes that go on. But, but the summary that we get to by the time we're finished with the Old Testament is that Israel is not going to be an, ad, an adequate covenant partner. They're not going to be the blessing that God intended them to be. Um, quite the opposite. Uh, they're, they're really no better off. I mean, when you look at the Sadducees and the Pharisees and you look at how the religious elites, the ones who really knew the law, if you look at how they're living in Jesus' time, they come off horribly. They're, they're, they're no better than the Gentiles, even though they have the law, even though they have the standard, which is to say, um, we're going to need a better covenant partner. We're going to need a better Israel and that is, that is exactly what we get in Jesus. Uh, Jesus comes, in, and yes, he, he's incarnate, and he lives this life, and he dies on the cross to, to bring us into relationship with God. All of that is true and, and vitally important, that, that he is the means by which you can come to God uh, and be in relationship with God. That, that's true and vitally important. 
But Jesus also shows us how to live. Um, when he speaks of the way, that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? Uh, he's saying more than just, this is the path by which you'll avoid hell and end up in heaven. Um, quite the opposite, or, or, or in line with that, rather. Um, he's saying, this is a way to live life. Jesus fully fulfills the Mosaic Covenant. And so we see that he's a blessing to the people. We see how attractive he is. We see how people want to be around him. And um, maybe a modern day example would be like, uh, Mr. Rogers, right? Um, he's a Presbyterian minister with a kid's show. But everyone loved Mr. Rogers. And, and he's not perfect. By no means does Mr. Rogers fulfill the Mosaic Covenant. Um, but maybe he gets closer than a lot of us do. And, and because he's living out the tenets of his faith, it's incredibly attractive. Uh, people are struck by it. They, they want to be around him. His, his ability to navigate issues of race um, and, and you know, age differences and, and, and what it is to live life as a kid, he's able to minister to them in such an attractive, beautiful way that really reminds us of what it is to be Christ-like. Christ shows us exactly what that would be. He calls us to this life. I, I think it's worth reading. Let's, let's flip into Matthew um, chapter 11. I, um, I love how this chapter ends because I, th I think it gives us some idea of, of what Jesus is doing and living in this way, right? Pick it up in verse 28. This is Matthew eleven twenty-eight. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you are exhausted because the way that you live life is burdensome? You're, you're so worried about achieving the, the perfect work life or um, being the absolute best parent um, that, that does all the things with their kids. You fill your schedule. You exhaust yourself, right? Jesus didn't live that way. He, he knew how to disconnect. Even when people needed his help, he knew when he needed to disconnect and pull back and Sabbath or lean into his relationship with his father. He lives in a really radical way. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And, and yoke would have been understood from a rabbi. A rabbi had a yoke, which was, which was the breath of his teaching. Take my teaching upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus is calling you out of enslavement. So often we, we live in our own freedom uh, with, without regard to the law. We live without that. And, and what it brings us into is, is, is a different kind of enslavement that we didn't see coming. Jesus is saying, if you want to live in a life that, that isn't uh, rendered to enslavement, if you want to live that experience, follow me. Live this way. Uh, pull back. Live in a way that is, is, is God-honoring and, and loves your neighbors and, and, and is able to love your family because you're living in the way that Jesus did. This is what it means to be disciples or apprentices of Jesus as our rabbi, is, is to lean into his teaching and follow him and follow his way of life. 
Because God is our manufacturer. He designed us. We're, we're getting notes from the manufacturer as to how best we might live. And, and, and to go outside of that is really to our own peril. But Jesus is calling you to peace, out of the rat race, into, a, into an easy, lightweight burden with him. I, I, I pray that you would, you would consider that, um, especially as we, um, we start to see some of the COVID restrictions pull back and we look at what our schedule is going to look like, and, and we really get this, this, this option uh, to kind of start rebuilding our life. Um, what are the patterns of our life? Are we going to build margin in? Are we going to go back to the hurried lifestyle that we had before? I, I would really encourage you to, to think through the teachings of Jesus, to, to think through what he's called you to, and try to live intentionally towards that not out of obligation, but out of his loving guidance. Um, God presents himself as a parent, as a good father figure to you, to love you and guide you um, and, and call you into a loving relationship with him and a loving way of life with him. Amen.